The date is the 5th of the 11th, 1998, and the talk is esoteric healing. Most people think, or most healers think, that the healing of the physical body is what healing is all about. And for esoteric healing, this is not necessarily the most important thing. The healing of the emotional body, the cleansing of impediments of mind are much more important. And certainly everything that leads to enlightenment consciousness is what we're about. All enlightened beings are by definition or by nature healers. Anyone can work at the alleviating of symptoms of the physical body, of physical ailments, of trying to get rid of cold symptoms and so forth. A black magician can do the same. Most black magicians pose as healers. They get many devotees through this playing tricks with the physical body. What most healers do, or so-called healers do, is shunt symptoms around. They're dealing with this or that symptom, they suppress the symptoms through this or that healing technique, acupuncture, sort of chemotherapy, sort of herbal treatment and so forth. The symptoms are suppressed and they come up later on in a more virulent fashion. What I'm concerned with is true healing of body, speech and mind. Looking at the factor of karma and reincarnation also and the way a whole soul evolves from life to life so eventually that soul no longer can possibly manifest the types of actions that cause sickness and disease in the first place. Karma is not very well understood, certainly not in the East who speak of such things as rebirth into animal forms, and certainly not in the West who take the information from the East or on the whole don't believe in karma or reincarnation. But a great deal of people's sicknesses and illness come from causes engendered in past lives. And nearly always if a healer is going to look at the particular symptom, the particular effect that is appearing in this life, he must look at those causes. From whence did they originate? What were the psychological conditionings behind it? Why did the lords of karma produce this effect in the now? What is it that the person must do in order to cleanse the karmic causes of these diseases, the sanskaras that have come from an earlier life? Another thing to look at in relationship to this is emotions. It's people's emotions, their worries, their fears, their irritations. Working through the glandular system and through the the minor chakras in the body that are probably causative of probably about 95% of sicknesses and diseases. Diseases of inflammation, diseases of congestion. These diseases of inflammation and congestion are the two main causes of diseases or sicknesses. Congestion happens when you suppress your energies, you suppress your emotions, you force your energies inwards to the body, inwards via the chakras, to the various organs. The seven major chakras have, as the externalizations, the seven groupings of endocrine glands. 
and the minor chakras have as the externalizations the organs in the body. Thus we have a minor chakra and behind me is a diagram of some of the major and minor chakras and the nadis that interrelate them. Thus we have a minor chakra that stands over the spleen. It's actually a dual chakra, one chakra overlapping the other. And the spleen itself is the organ of elimination within the body. What does the organ of elimination do? It sends out gross pranas. When you breathe in the vitality from the air, when you eat the food you eat, when you interrelate with other people's emotional bodies, their auras, their desire forms, the etheric energy, all this is absorbed into your system. And when, going back to the first type of prana, the prana is absorbed from the air, it interrelates between the two breast centers and then goes to the heart center where the energy from the heart or from the higher self of the individual converts it into what is called jiva. The jiva then is sent to the spleen, to the higher spleen, and the lower spleen, over which the higher spleen next center stands, has been circulating the pranas throughout the body. The new energies come in and impress themselves upon the old energies and that which is waste energy is then kicked out of the body. It has to be pushed out. It is pushed out. The same as the um, action of eating when you put food into your mouth it eventually comes out of the other end as reject waste. And if you keep that reject waste into the, in the body you're going to get very sick indeed. Likewise of these reject pranas. If a person, therefore, cannot eliminate their pranas properly through righteous living, through over-emotional indulgence, through drug intoxications, through bad food habits, through all of the process of life that caused them to interrelate with this murky, emotion-filled environment which we call humanity, then these energies have to go shunted through a particular organ in the body. And these energies are sewer-like, like a sewer, aberrant, murky, full of entities that are noxious in their nature, very bad musical sounds coming from it. And when the energies go to a particular organ, for instance, that organ will be the line of least resistance for energy because energy simply follows thought. Wherever is the weakest part of the body, that is where the energy will go. If the weakest part of the body happens to be the lungs, well, then the energy is shunted up to there and finds the lungs as the organ of elimination. And you get your chest complaints. Because when the sewer-like energy goes to the lungs, the vitality that would normally keep the bacteria and so forth at bay is gone. These entities 
these disease-bearing entities are fed of a lower great nature. Their energy is synonymous with the type of energy associated with the sewer that is coming out of your lungs. Therefore they breed in great numbers. If there was no sewer going into your lungs, then the natural energy field of your lungs and of your body would be of too high a vibration for these lower grade entities to breed, for these lower grade entities to survive, and therefore you have health. Produce the conditionings within your body, therefore, that allow entities to breed because it's of similar nature to them, that cause poisons in your body, toxins that the medical profession likes to categorize with their Latin names, and you get the sicknesses. The logic is quite simple, really. But so few people really understand it. All is really energy. All is really energy into relationships. And it's the quality of the type of energy that you respond to that determines whether you are healthy or diseased. Because the body has a natural balance, a natural harmony of energy. It is attuned to a certain frequency of sound. The auric colours should be quite bright and vibrant. If the auric colours are not bright and vibrant, then you have energy imbalances. You have weaknesses in the body. Energy is interrelated with consciousness. And the consciousness is affected by your emotions and your emotional moods. Every time you manifest strong emotions of one sort or the other, there you're throwing out of your aura emotional substance into the general emotional atmosphere, which was explained in my first lecture on the aura and the effect double. So if you keep on throw out, keep on throwing out these swirls of emotional energy, you are weakening that part of your body. Substance is continuously being passed out. Ultimately, there's an energy drain in that particular area, be it your solar plexus area, or your stomach area, or your lungs, depending on how your emotional are, or how emotional you are. And when energy is completely being drained there, what is feeding the actual organs of your body? Very little indeed. And when there is a sewer to be cleansed out of your body, where does that sewer therefore go to? It goes to where there is an energy depletion in the body. It's logical, is it not? Like water, energy follows the line of least resistance. And when you follow this thought, you can see, therefore, that you need to control your emotional body. You need to control both your strong emotions in terms of happiness and joys and bouncing around uh, being on top of the world, or those negative emotions of sadness and depressions and irritations. Both are causes of sicknesses. 
both throw the substance out of your aura. Of course, it is better to be positive than negative because positive emotions produce better effects upon your aura because at least the colorings are bright. Whereas negative emotions, the colorings are quite dull and grey, as all of you know if you've been depressed. Walk into any room where people have been laughing madly just after they've laughed and you get bombarded with those energies. And this brings to mind, therefore, another major problem of sicknesses and diseases which many do not understand, and certainly many healers, is that everyone lives in the sea of everyone else's emotions. Most diseases, therefore, are group causative. You have lovers, for instance, and you exchange auric substance. And if your lover has auric substance of gross nature, then that becomes yours. You interrelate emotionally with all sorts of people, groups of people. For instance, if you go to a football match, that group emotional energy is an accumulative sickness. And when you look at this particular cause of group emotions, soldiers on the battlefield sort of uh, fighting the opposing army or um, people sort of in rooms chatting madly, wildly, busy competing with each other at a type of race of emotions, always pushing out this energy and the energy being absorbed into everyone's aura. What do you think? the colours that come out of people's auras become when they all mix together and swirls. You get the people's selfishnesses and, and avarices and, and desires to be nice and all the other petty emotions that they come up and you swirl them around and you get nice greys and brownie colours and then that hits everyone. Major, major, major causes of sickness. Therefore, we have influenzas, coughs and colds and all these epidemics that affect large masses of people. The causes are simple. They're group emotions. Not necessarily just from this life, but from former lives coming to the surface. Karma is exacting law. The law of karma says, as you so that you must also reap. Whatever energy expenditure you put out into the environment, you must get back to equal and opposite measure. There's no one that can save you from your karma. As I explained in the, um, the talk on karma and reincarnation, it's all just simply energy expenditure. Group emotions, group karma. When you look at this concept of energy, therefore, what type of emotions you have, the two main types, one, uh, emotions of, of overexpression when you're boisterous and joyous and you're always sending energies this way and that outwards into the auric field. And this is the uh, cause of those types of diseases of inflammations 
And the other type is suppressions. When you're moody and depressed, you can see quite clearly when you're really angry all the time or if you've got a cause to fight for, you're always pushing up these types of emotions relating to inflammation. When you're always thinking of yourself in relationship to everything around you and how miserable life is for you because you've lost this and you've lost that and your love life is not working out the way it should, then you get the energies of suppression, of congestion. The energies dam up inside you. And what happens when the energies dam up inside you and can't be expressed? The substance builds up in your tissues, in the tissues of your organs. Because after all, if you really look at your physical body, it is just simply another body of energies. The molecules of the organs, the electrochemical nervous system that you have, energies just simply manifest according to the law of energy. So the energy dams up and the energy dams up and the energy dams up it comes out as cancers, for instance. When uh, so much energy is dammed up that the cells of your body start to run riot of that particular portion of your body where the energies have been fed all the time. And they grow much faster than the other cells in your body. They start to multiply at a great rate because the energy is starting to be released in this way. And you get cancers depending on the nature of the emotions and where the energy is dammed up, there you get the type of cancer. It doesn't really matter, um, lung cancer, sort of uh, testicular cancer or whatever. These are just different names of different um, problem points or weakness points of the body. You cut out a cancer um, in one part of the body, but you don't deal with the fundamental causes, well, the cancer is going to grow somewhere else. So the person gets their lung cut out and then maybe some other organ until eventually the cancer is um, all over the body because the causes have not been dealt with. The excessive um, damming up of the energies in the emotional body have not been at all looked at. So many people in the alternative medical side of things, as in the orthodox medical side of things, think the same. They go to the medical profession with a particular problem, and it can be any part of their body where the problem is, and they say, give me a quick cure, give me that acupuncture needle or whatever the remedian acupuncture may be. Acupuncture means all it does is shunt energies one way or the other. It's a superficial thing because it, the chakras are the smallest chakras in the body on the surface of the body, under the skin. It either um, puts energy in a certain direction or stops the energy flow in that direction. It's all that acupuncture can do. What I'm getting to anyway is that they go to these professionals for a quick cure. They say, give me that herbal medicine, give me that Ayurvedic medicine, that'll get rid of the symptom. Give me that medical drug, the pill, 
the pharmaceutical organic chemical that will suppress the symptoms. Give it to me now so that I can be relieved of this distress and go on and do my usual things of dissipating my energies, of being highly emotional, of drugging my body and mind day in and day out. All of these things, whether it's chemicotherapy or herbal medicine, they have effects upon the energy body, sure. And the symptom may go away. But is the person really cured? Healed of anything? No. Next year, the same problem. Years later, a far worse problem. Because suppressed symptoms just simply, or the suppressed energies, just simply go into a different part of the body, still build up. And eventually, the person dies of cancer or something else. Of course, there's far more detrimental effects of chemical therapy, the mineral drugs in the body, than there ever can be of herbal medicine. But the best is to live a sane, balanced life and live a healthy diet. Live a lifestyle that's in tune with the laws of nature. Vegetarianism, of course, is a far more attuned state of lifestyle than eating meat or gross toxins in the body. You're always looking at the quality of the food that is put into the system, the quality of the energy that is put into the system. Put in more and more refined energies, more and more refined foods, and your body becomes more refined and less prone to disease. Ultimately, you'll find that love and the path of love is the true way of healing once you understand what this path, love is, the path of love is. The other thing I want to bring out with regards to healing is that many healing practitioners think that they're actually doing the healing. Sure, they have a certain amount of knowledge concerning the particular healing remedy that they're using. Whether it's colour or sound or herbs or even chemicotherapy. But the true healer or the true healing agent apart from the individual themselves and I'll, before I go into this I'll point out that the true healing methodology is right education. The individual the patient must be taught how to heal themselves, how to not manifest the actions that causes the sickness and disease in the first place. This is the first rule and priority of all healers, if they are true healers. It seems that most healers are only interested in making money, as much money as they possibly can get out of the patients, but not teaching them how to heal themselves. In ancient China, the system of healing was this. They took it for granted that the healer 
was there to heal the patient. Therefore, if the patient got sick, the healer actually had to pay the patient. It was an admission that the healer was not able to heal. And therefore, the patient deserved recompense. In the West, it's the opposite way around. The healer is busy making so much money that it's to the healer's advantage to keep the diseased or the suffering person in darkness as to the cause of the sicknesses. Right education is always the true healing. Teach people what not to do. Teach people to live a sane life. Teach people to not smoke. Teach people to not take those mineral drugs. Teach people to control their emotions. Teach people to be loving. Teach people not to make those types of karmic actions or those actions that produce great karmic reward or bad results in future lives. This is a little digression, what I was getting to before, that the true healer, apart from the patient themselves and their control of their actions, are the diva kingdom, the angelic kingdom. All substances are angelic. Every human being, as human souls, have appropriated angelic substance and they've incarnated into it. Every cell in the body is but a diva, a unit of consciousness, an evolving life. There's the little fairies and pixies and things out there are responsible for flowers and trees, the dryads and the sylphs and all the rest of it. All of the religions and myths speak of these divic entities. The human body is just simply composed of many, many units of these. It's because of the existence or that all is divic that the law of karma exists in the first place. It is their substance that is acted upon when we do anything in thought, word or deed. And to rectify the, the imbalances in their substance, they give it back to you at appropriate time in the same way you created it. And thus you get your karma. Universal law. And when the healer begins to recognize divas, and work of the great healing angels, then great miracles of healing can be done. All of the hospitals of, of our medical professions are filled with healing divas. The doctors are there busy applying what they know according to their level of knowledge or ignorance. But the dealer is applying energy. Very pure, very bright, very clean, very clear energy. And they do one of two things, as any esoteric healer must do. Either they use the energy to push out of that individual the sewer-like energy in them, the sewer-like divas, so they push out through the use of the hands or whatever the gross pranas within the individual that they've generated which then allows the healing divas to come in and or the divas of light energy of bright energy of vibrant energy of love itself to come in and start to fix up the part of the body that has been damaged by that disease 
to make it impossible for disease-bearing agents to reside there. Or they actually take the substance into their own bodies of manifestation and transmute it. This is a much more difficult way of healing, but very effective if the healer's body is exceedingly pure. If it is like a Buddha and the whole body is radiatory, the energy field is like this, just shooting out every which way, bright energies, then such a being can take a diseased energy into him or her and then affect the transmutation of that substance and bring it back again into the healed and the person to be healed because after all is that person's substance that's a far safer way one of the problems with psychic healers and some new age healers is they use the will what do you think happens if a person is diseased because of either suppression of energies or overexpression of energies and the healer puts in much stronger energies does it make the suppression worse or does it make the contagious disease worse by feeding the very energy body that the patient had um, created or done in order to cause the sickness when New Age healers are busy trying to put energies into a person and they're absolutely ignorant of the nature of the chakras, the way the chakras work. And we're not just talking about seven chakras, we're talking about four layers of chakras. Of which the acupuncture points are just the fourth from the lowest layer. This diagram here is the first layer, or the first and second layer of chakras. The seven major chakras and the 22 minor chakras. And there are levels of chakras smaller than that. And if the healer, or the new age healer, does not understand those chakras and that chakra system and simply puts energy into a person willy-nilly because they think that they're doing something good, are they reinforcing the energy field of sickness within the being? Or not? it can actually make the disease worse, not better. They can actually even kill the patients through overstimulation of that particular uh, organ of the body or overstimulation of the sicknesses that are coming into the body. This is called radiatory healing. The other form is magnetic, where you draw it into you. It's like two magnetic poles. One attracting the other or one attracting the bar and to you. The other thing to point out with regards to healing and the great problem with healers is they have not healed themselves. Where do you go out there and where do you find a healer with a truly regulatory aura that's busy healing and charging money for the healing on top of it? So if somebody is busy trying to heal you and their aura is putrid and it's full of all the types of entities and qualities that are causing your sickness in the first place, is that really helping you? 
especially if they're trying to put energy into you through their own relatively putrid auric field, their own negative emotions, their own worries and fears and doubts and irritations. That's what's been projected into your aura and can make the sickness worse. Of course, symptoms are suppressed, but the energies are still in the body and must come out later. No true healer asks for money for his healing or her healing effect. It's against the laws of love. Against the law of karma, essentially. That patient, if they give, must give willingly what they can afford, what they think is a fair and appropriate. The healing does not come from the healer. The healing comes from the divas. They give their energies automatically and spontaneously. All that the healer does once they've worked out their own auric field, they can act as a channel. And a wise and knowledgeable channel, hopefully working more cooperatively with the diva, with the angel. This is what all the great healers do. Jesus did it all the time. There's, for instance, in the Bible, which I quoted in my book, from uh, John 5.4, this is the New Testament, talking about such a healing angel. For an angel went down at a certain season to the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after troubling the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. This is a direct reference in the Bible to the way the Deva Kingdom can heal people. Simply a Deva overshadowing a pool of water with her energies and the sick coming into the water and being healed of their diseases. This is a method that's used in different cultures as well, working directly with Devic entities. Some go to sacred places for healing where the Devas are quite strong and pronounced. And in Hindu religion, in Buddhist, in all the Aboriginal places, there's these sacred healing spots, these chakra points in the Earth's etheric grid. But what they're really working with is divas, with nature spirits. This new age that we're entering into is an age where healers are going to learn much more about the divas, much more about the laws of sound and colour, much more about the aura, and certainly much more about the laws of karma, and work with those laws, with those entities, and not against them. After all, the herbal medicines that these New Age healers also use, the Ayurvedic medicines and whatever they do use, are but devic entities. Divas that respond at a certain colour, light green or indigo blue or buddy blue or light blue and so forth, golden colours. And these divas have a certain song, a certain vibrancy about them, these herbal potencies and they respond to one or the other chakras. And then they work to a chakra to the aura. That's really all that herbal medicine does. And those that take drugs of intoxication, that's all the drugs of intoxication do anyway. 
that certain divas associated with that particular drug stimulate certain chakras to produce certain psychic effects which the person generally taking the drug has no control over. This book, The Way of Meditation of Mine, has got a good chapter there on healing and all of you here should read that chapter, that section. So we go to quiet places, to serene places, to the country. Many people automatically understand the healing effect of trees and pools, to where it's quiet. Hospitals, by nature, are quiet zones, because people understand also that sound itself can be quite debilitating and produce sicknesses and diseases. Nobody really likes to live next to a, a noisy highway. Not only because of the effect of the noise, but because of what it does to their energy body. And this brings us back again to the first point, right from the start. The emotions. The emotions are noisy all the time. You're always chatting, always gossiping, always doing this and that with your mouths and your thinking processes. That's the same as that noisy highway that you don't want to live next to, is it not? Producing the same effects upon your body. So I started off with colour and now I'm also going to sound, colour and sound. Therefore, some music is soothing, some music is healing, other music is destructive to the auric field of the individual. <laughs> 